0: Welcome back to the BCMA Podcast. It's your boy, Lucky, from Lucky's Muay Thai. This is episode number 21 um, of the Black Clover Martial Arts Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you elbow that subscribe button, uh, teak the like. Yeah, I'm about to put out some t-shirts, and teak the like t-shirts. Um, drop a comment below. Uh, just hit me up, man. Uh, if you want to check out the gym, you know the deal. You can go to www.luckysmt.com and check the gym out. We're still doing small classes, but they're filling up now and we've added more hours and we still have to add more hours because it's starting to become uh, overwhelmingly full, which is a great thing. Uh, like I said, smaller classes. So when I say full, I mean, you know, the six or eight people we might have in class. That's it. And they starting to, the slots are starting to fill up quite, quite frequently. So uh, that being said, I ordered the uh, Michael Chavello book. Good night, Irene. I'm hoping to, uh, read that and then have him on as a guest. I'm saying you never know. Um, yo, did you see Teofimo Lopez versus uh, Vasily Lomachenko? So let me just say this. I'm going to get through this pretty quick because I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. I have a really good guest on. So, um, Everybody knows what Vasily Lomachenko does, you know, the Matrix, the whole thing. was 23, and he's a budding star, right? People that know, know. People that don't just don't know, right? Um, So this fight was on ESPN, maybe. What was different to me was that Loma seemed different, right? So he's usually very, very to himself. Tio either got him to switch it up by just pressing with the shit talking or you know, Loma felt like he needed to, I don't know. He wasn't doing a lot of talking, but at the stare down, you know, he got right up in Tiafimo's face, which he normally does not do this kind of thing. So if you asked me, it reminded me of the Silva-Weidman fight where when Silva got in Weidman's face, they were almost kissing because Weidman wasn't backing down and he wasn't afraid of the shine of Anderson Silva, right? He didn't have that fear. And I feel like you know, that's what happened. I feel like Teofimo Lopez did not have that fear that people have with Loma. And I think a lot of times that's what it takes, right? People have a fear of of what's in front of them, that fighter, and then they they wilter in front of them. And other fighters along the way that are also great, maybe in that situation, just decide that they're not going to wilt, right? They're going to uh, stand in the face of the fire, so to speak. And that was the other thing, right? There's some, the scoring was a little, eh, you know, there was one score that was a little bit wacky, like super wacky, but I had, uh, Tiafimo Lopez winning the fight. I did not think that Loma was going to be able to handle the the size and power. What I was not aware of, unfortunately, you know, cause usually I pay really close attention to these things was to the level of Tiafimo's ring IQ. It wasn't as if I didn't think he could box at a high level. But for those out there that are TFMO fans, they like to see him knock guys out and he's doing that. I think you just saw a new layer, right? You saw something that you didn't know that he had, which was to be able to box with one of the most elite boxers of all time and to do it in a way that it made that boxer look normal, right? There were moments of Vasily in the later rounds where he turned up a little bit and some things happened, and then Tiafima would throw off of that. He didn't. He hesitated to throw, and he has such speed and such snap on his punches that Vasily had to respect it. There was no way he could take the thing he normally does, which was, you know, working these three punch combinations, skipping around to the outside, hitting, skipping right back around back, right. You know, there was no continuance. It wasn't going to happen repeatedly where he's going to be able to use footwork to get around the corners against his against Tiafimo. So, what you saw was a bigger, t- bigger, more athletic, um, with a super high boxing IQ, Tiafimo Lopez, uh, box Vasily Lomachenko the way that. You need to box in the win, and not everybody can do that. In fact, almost nobody could. So, the the final part of this was what happens in the twelfth round, because there was a couple of rounds that were toss ups. I had Tiafimo ahead. I think some people have a silly, you know, tied. So maybe there is a situation where it could be a draw. And I kind of was like, mm, they might try to call this a draw, but in reality, Tefemos didn't allow it to happen. Teofimo Lopez fought the 12th round like it was first, second, third round. He brought uh intensity. He made sure the judges knew that he was there to win the fight. There was no question because if you're going to take all the belts from one person to add to your one belt, right, then I think the judges need to see that you are going to close the show. And he did just that. He did just that. So, Shout out to Timo Lopez for beating uh, the Matrix Loma, who is still one of the greatest. Don't be no chump, calling him names and whatnot. Uh, he did his thing, but it just wasn't enough. He started too late. There was a bigger a bigger guy that was young, athletic, hungry, and with the skill set that was uh, perfect for beating him. So, you know, give Loma credit. He was there till the end. But, you know, the reality is he took some heavy shots that caused him to uh, uh, stay honest, man. Can't spend a lot of time too close because even if you hit it's not enough to do enough damage to stop Teofimo Lopez from throwing back at you and you know he could connect and the night will be over so that was a great fight I loved it shout out to uh, um, Brian Ortega who looked fantastic against Korean Zombie Uh, my guest uh, Monique Jackson who I'm going to talk about just in a second uh, she chose Brian Ortega and in an interview she says exactly what i thought because he's a babe anyway um i don't know what she thought I meant to ask her about the uh the bald head what she thought about that all right on today's show i have my friend from the uk my homie monique jackson monique is a muay thai prat- practitioner and i noticed um a while back that she had gotten covid she had started doing the corona diaries after that which was these drawings of how she was feeling and you know these different symptoms that were lasting sort of longer than everybody else's and much like uh, my doctor friend amir on that episode where he spoke about somebody that got sick and now their lungs you know are scarred forever that's something that person's going to deal with um she's had ongoing symptoms her and uh her friend that she also got sick that got sick with her at the same time so i thought you know it's pretty crazy that everybody's talking about you know how oh it's you know you can survive it. You know, the president, obviously, oh, I survived it. Look at me. And then there's people, oh, you know, my family had somebody that passed away. And it's become so politicized back and forth that, you know, I think people are missing out that there's a group of people that have gotten sick and have ongoing symptoms. And nobody's talked about therapies, anything for those people. And in fact, most people aren't aren't even aware that there are people that are walking around that are continuing to have symptoms, I know when I was on interviewed on um for something for a friend of mine that is in Italy right now, and she's had covid for a month, and her symptoms aren't there, but she's tested positive throughout the month. This is um my homie from the UK, as I said, and she's been dealing with COVID, I think, for seven months now. So um, anyway, I hope you enjoy this conversation. Obviously, I don't want to be harping on COVID all the time, but it's super important that you guys know that we need to treat this with a little more empathy and understand that it's not black and white. There are many spectrums to this uh, illness. And um, like I said, I hope you enjoy. Make sure you go follow uh, Corona Diaries. And without further ado, my conversation with Monique Jackson. You'll pay attention. You might learn something. Welcome back to the BCMA podcast. This is uh, episode 21. I have my friend, my homie from the UK, uh, fellow Muay Thai pratic- practitioner, uh, Monique Jackson. And um, before we get started, I just want to give a little bit of backstory. Um, I started following her on Instagram because she was doing Muay Thai, and I follow a ton of people that do so. And I started to notice as, as the pandemic started that she was posting information about being sick with COVID. So I was like, oh, uh, this is, you know, kind of effed up or whatever. And then along the way, I saw I thought I saw a picture where she was doing better. So I said, hey, you know, glad you're doing better, something to that effect. And she was like, I'm not doing better. And I was like, wait a minute, this sounds <laughs> a little bit wild. So anyway, I decided to have you on the show because I think that as I was talking to you before we started, um, there's a spectrum of people that are being left out of the conversation. And that is people that have gotten coronavirus and then they've, continue to have symptoms along the way. Anyway, welcome to the show, Monique Jackson.
1: Hey. (laughs) Hello. How you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing?
1: Well, uh, thanks so much for your introduction. To answer your question, today, today is the symptoms since waking up today have been kind of bearable. um, They're manageable. Um but I'm not I'm not back to normal. I don't know if I ever will be. Um this is my new normal at the moment. Uh lot of chest pain and heart palpitation issues. So but grateful long- to be alive, of course. How long has this been going on now? since March the fourteenth, fifteenth this year. Um so over seven months. Um and It's been like three steps forward, two steps back. Uh, Some issues I've had, I feel like they've gone. Some things have never left me and some things come and go all the time. So it's difficult.
0: Wow. So what are the doctors saying? Like, what are they trying to do? And
1: Well, it's, you know, luckily in the UK, there's a national health service. So there is this baseline of, free healthcare for everyone all citizens so that's awesome but within that this is obviously a new virus and because of it taking over the world as it has it's been really difficult so where I'm at the moment is um like a lot of the like I couldn't get tested at the beginning because there weren't enough tests in March so they were sending I was in A&E for breathing issues and they told me to go home because they didn't have any tests um but I've had an x-ray and it was clear um my bloods were pretty much clear apart from my platelets like dipped and then they went back to normal but um the main thing is they put a heart monitor on me and they noticed some like irregularities um with the apparently the electronic functioning of the heart um right it's irregular which I know could you could have an irregular heartbeat beforehand but um they've said that at night it goes very low and like it seems to oscillate between going really low and really high so um uh i get breathlessness and fatigue and a load of other things
0: wow so what have you been doing to like mitigate it yourself i mean i know i think right you did corona diaries and i'm i'm sure that helped yeah you know psychologically and i'm sure it helped obviously a lot of other people You know, I mean, I I know you said it blew up and I know, I noticed it right away and I looked and I was like, wow, this is, this is big. So what else have you, have you been able to do anything physical?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, so my recovery has not been linear, like I e, it's not just been me getting better and that's it. Like I had a relapse in the middle of the summer, which sucked because like the first month. It was my mate who got ill with me calls it the COVID coaster, where you think you know it was the beginning. We had all the flu, sweating, right, shivering, right. loss of appetite, insomnia, the whole nine yards, breathing issues, and then it seemed to get better. And then a month in, it was like bam, I had gastro issues, and I like lost those weights I couldn't eat loads of things. I had to go on medication for that. Um, so in this time. I went from, you know, my, my step, my pedometer went from like 25,000 was my last well day of steps. Right. And then it dipped to like under a thousand that week and like on average. And then it started to build back up and my breathing got better. And then I hoovered my room and had some kind of, I think a reaction to the dust. And then I was like four days in bed. Um, And then I've been, so then it got reset. So now I can go for about half an hour to 40-minute walk a day. Um, and I don't really want to push it more than that. And um, right. I I can, like, sort of, I go up the stairs and, like, I can do that. I get out of breath from anything, like, intensive as walking up the stairs, which, right. you know, in the past wasn't an issue.
0: <laughs> wow. So. That's that's why. Yeah. And it's interesting about the roller coaster and over that period of time, because I think a lot of the stuff, at least that I was reading and hearing was that people would feel bad in the uh, first week and then feel good, you know, sort of going into the second week, like they had sort of beat it and then immediately hit this wall. And so that sort of happened to you over a longer period of time. Wow. That's, yeah.
1: Yeah. All yeah. Right. Uh,
0: yeah. So tell me about Corona Diaries now that, you know, so what was the, how did that all start? I mean, did you just start drawing and then.
1: Yeah. So basically I relapsed in July, as I said, and I was in bed like, cause I'm so fidgety and in my job, I would be like, I work at an art gallery, but I'm like painting, like, I kind of look after the building I'm running around all the time I'm a bit of a tomboy you could say like and I do you know a lot of cycling and gym martial arts and stuff like to be it was the first time in the illness that I was in bed and I couldn't I was like (gasps) like you know um and that's when I was like fuck it I'm gonna get an iPad and I'm gonna I'm gonna draw because I went to art school and I was like I knew that my friend said that from drawing on an iPad was quite fun. So I thought I'm just going to sort of have a draw and see if I can entertain myself. And I ended up just drawing me and my surroundings, these goofy drawings because uh, <laughs> like just, I couldn't get the hang of drawing because of the pencil. Oh, the way the pen is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah my yeah. girlfriend's
0: got one and she's, you know, trying to figure it all out as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like she, I think it will just click with, it probably has already where you just start to pick up a way of doing things right. and then you start to come more and more sophisticated so I was kind of laughing at myself like drawing these drawings of me looking quite pathetic and stuff so I thought I'm yeah. going to post these and see online if anyone else can relate to this madness <laughs> that right. um so it's a bit of an experiment and then um so you know my friends and some colleagues started following it and then I started to get some randoms and then the randoms turned into like a lot of people um, yeah. very slowly because one of the things that's different about doing a like almost like a live comic is that when you draw in a sketchbook, you don't have the page talk back to you. Whereas when you're posting things online, you know, the page talks back, people say, Right, oh, this has happened to me, and people started DMing me. And then, and then I broke the fourth wall, and I actually started drawing people and tagging them in the drawings. And then they started to message me back. No, it's crazy, yeah. It was like it's wild. So, I you wouldn't get check this yet. So, I like, um, you know, mushroom culture, love Joe Rogan and Paul, right? Yeah, so I watched the film Fantastic Fungi, and then I tagged all of like the people in the questions and answers um that were in the live stream during lockdown and one of the uh this Chilean mycologist wrote back to me and she was like oh do you want to do a live talk with me and I was like yes so then uh, Juliana yeah so then we live streamed on her like NGO foundation and then she stayed in touch with me and she still messages me and I'm just like wow the internet is crazy,
0: crazy, though. yeah, crazy man, for real. For real,
1: can you so imagine this? Before, like when I went to university, the, the internet was not being used as it is now. So it's just like dream come true, isn't it?
0: I mean, I'm forty eight, so <laughs> yeah, I I know it's kind of nuts, but I love it. It's great because it's, I get a chance to talk to people like you and connect, and like exactly. you know, just just get on these these get in these conversations that are. I don't know more human than the screaming conversations that are being had in other places. So, um, all right. So before you got, before all this happened, you were practicing Muay Thai pretty regularly and were you doing MMA as
1: well? Yeah. So I was, I, yeah, Muay Thai was like my first martial arts I discovered quite late that I fell in love with and I would do, that uh, in this London gym in Bethnal Green called KO and um, I went there for a few years but then unfortunately my job meant that the hours I couldn't quite cycle back in time I kept being late and I didn't want to keep being that guy that was late
0: right late every
1: time so I switched (laughs) up (laughs) (laughs) if
0: my if my students are watching you know how I feel about that guy
1: (laughs) do they get loads of press-ups oh they get loads of everything oh yeah. yeah
0: I don't I don't like that
1: yeah (laughs) exactly okay cool so you understand so i had to like i switched up to another great gym called fight zone and then i tried like mma um like to be honest it was more brazilian jiu-jitsu no gi um and uh uh, like boxing classes um and yeah actually at ko i did some brazilian jiu-jitsu with claudio Silva, who was just in um fight um fight island uh yeah. sadly he he lost his fight but um yeah this last weekend so
0: so what what were you planning on i know you had some inter club fights and all this stuff were yeah. you planning on like pursuing this are you planning what am i saying Yeah, you know, when this is all over <laughs> are you planning to continue pursuing your martial arts and i mean maybe you know doing the thing
1: yeah yeah i mean okay so before all of this madness also this hold up before we
0: before i before you answer that question
1: yeah yeah uh
0: i know you can't tell because she's sitting down but yo she's
1: six feet tall am yeah. I right am i right that's right i'm a giant i am yeah. a giant yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like that's, that's a really a good point that's right it's um like been an asset for for doing striking is my reach um is and I always love that when I spy is that I'd often you know because of my height I'd be paired up with guys and they would like n- like underestimate my reach so yes um yeah you know jabbing teeth yeah it's quite I have a quite long fun. reach
0: as well yes yeah, you best. do yeah
1: yeah
0: do <laughs> ah that's awesome so I'm. I mean yeah. listen okay sorry go ahead I interrupted you but what what was the plan what's the plan oh yeah
1: so the plan the plan well I was doing some interclubs but then like I started that that gave me the discipline which fed back into my career so I feel like I was starting to get promotions and things because I had this new drive that came from martial arts and but then I did prioritize my career just to get a bit of London's an expensive city and I just wanted to get you know a firmer footing on some basics like dental work and things like that so um because I actually like broke a tooth from sparring so oh yeah I kind of yeah I'm sure you, you're aware of yeah that was expensive bunch. yeah so sadly it became it became more of like a love that like I wasn't competing and I was like okay if I'm working and I'm not competing I want to learn if, I want to broaden my practice and just learn, you know, some. So I was learning, um, yeah, Brazilian jiu jitsu. I didn't buy the gi, so I was learning no gi, doing it back right. to front. Uh, but I was intending to buy a gi and do it properly, um, and just sort of, yeah, having fun. You know, I was I was intending to do some capoeira this year as well. As well, so oh
0: yeah, all um, right.
1: But then you know, plans in 2020 weren't exactly compatible.
0: No. <laughs> This is not, this is, this is, it's major. Don't get me wrong, but you'll, you'll be back and you'll be doing your thing and I will be 100% in support. Um, please tell everybody where you can be found right now.
1: Online.
0: Yeah. where, Where can they find you?
1: Okay. Instagram at underscore Corona diary.
0: Word. All right. Look, I want you to get well soon (laughs) because I want to see more pictures, more video. I want to see you on in fights. I want to see you doing your thing. And I'm super stoked about Corona Diaries because I appreciate that you took the opportunity to do something with what was affecting you as opposed to, I mean, look, if you just have, some people just have to deal with it and they just deal with it and other people take the opportunity to, um, spread the word and try to be a leader for those people that don't have the voice. So I can appreciate that. And I appreciate you coming on this, this little show of mine, um, <laughs> maybe one day I'll make it over there or you'll make it over here and I'll get the yes. holds of pads for the future champ or, wow. you know, or, you know, try to defend a rear naked choke or something <laughs> wow, like that. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. That'd totally. be great. Yeah, That'd I would be- love that.
1: Thanks so much for having me on your show. I mean, like, I'm definitely gonna listen to some of the back catalogues because I don't think there's enough podcasts on the beautiful eight, you know, eight limb science of Muay Thai. Yeah, and yeah. I went I went to Thailand, you know, for a little uh Coaster um camp for two weeks, um, which was good fun. And I can talk people to tears about um Muay Thai and um Same. MMA. So if you want to talk again about anything, I Uh, don't, I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert, but the passion is there. And, uh, particularly I'm interested in, you know, uh, you know, what it's like for you. I would love to know how you faced (sighs) the pandemic actually. Like that's something that I have.
0: All right. How did I face it as a a martial arts instructor? Like, uh, in what way? Because there's so many ways that I that I dealt with it, you know, um, as a I father, guess, you know, like yeah, as a business owner, as an instructor, as a coach, as like you know, just a lot of different like, ways.
1: I guess I guess is in like kind of adapting, like because so, I'm always interested in talking to people about how they've adapted and how they've changed their behaviors to kind of accept that this isn't going away. So I was just wondering if there was any things that come to the front of your mind?
0: Um, I think, you know, just trying to, like I said before, you know, just be empathetic to what other people feel like, you know, like I can't tell, I'm not, if people are into I quote, conspiracy theories, I can't tell you like, ah, you suck for that. You know, like, I, I don't believe what you believe, but I'm not going to, you know, go tearing you down because of maybe misinformation or, or, and partially because I think there was a, there was such an anxiety at the beginning, such an anxiety. I tell people this all the time. I ask people, do you remember when this first started and you felt like you could open that you were going to open your front door and peep out and see Corona walking around, right. (laughs) Or, or, or see something happening, right. You were looking out the windows, opening the door, you know, calling friends or, you know, you didn't know what was going to happen. And everybody around me felt that anxiety. I didn't speak too much about how I felt because I just had, you know, my child, my, you know, I just was trying to figure out my business. I had a friend of mine tell me, you know, make sure you're looking beyond the virus. Right. Interesting thing to say. But for me at that moment, it made sense because I was like, I can't get stuck. I started to see people going back and forth and this person's right. And that person's wrong. And this person's doing that and that person. And I was like, yo, I can't, I can't do that. And then I felt that feeling in my chest, just that anxiety that I was like, this is anxiety. Here's a, here's a funny, uh, it's not funny, but here's an interesting thing. So people that know me know that I suffer from anxiety and depression off and on. I've handled it very well over the, the last couple of years, but, um, sort of very well but when I started to feel that I knew what it was right well what I noticed was that there are a lot of people that have either not gone through things in their lives or never felt that to that extent and they were calling their doctors going to doctor visits going because they thought they had the virus right but what they really had was just this terrible anxiety and I recognized it right away I knew I could see i talked to people around me I knew that that's what it was for the most part, you know, I, none of the people that were close to me that I talked to in that circle were sick, none of them. And it was just this terrible feeling. So I knew like, you know, I know that I want people to be empathetic to me when I'm feeling blue or, you know, not, not right that day or whatever the situation is. So I feel like I have to be that way for other people, you know, and try Mm -hmm. to be as knowledgeable as I can and try to have, Uh, honest conversations, you know, like, if it's going to be a a conversation that doesn't allow anybody to grow, then I kind of try not to have them. I don't want to, it's not an argument. Like, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty intelligent, I guess. I read a lot. And I listen to the people that are actually on the front lines and dealing with things. And I kind of make my, my, I kind of deal with things in that way. Right. I I put those things in the forefront. So if people are having these. Well, look at this person on the internet. Look at that person, and and this person, and that person's a liar. And I, I you know, I can't do that because I have a child to take care of. She's got to look up yeah. to me. I have a business to run. At some point, I need to stay focused on what I'm going to do and how it's going to work. Like for me, it was all I think about empathy and gratitude for the people that helped me out during the time I needed it. And then trying to reach out to people. There's a lot of people that I've trained over the years, so I, I, I feel bad that I don't hit everybody all the time, but I try to hit people randomly. Hey, man, hope you're doing well. Hey, how you doing? Whatever, but yeah, I hope that answered your question. I always go off Yeah, it, it.
1: No, no, no. It, it hits off a lot of things because I would actually say the fighting or at least doing martial arts, that mindset has helped me be a survivor. And how it's helped me is because what you were saying about talking to people in the front line, getting, you know, not just like when you, when you get sick with this, if you've been sick like me, um, unfortunately, because this is a new disease, there is not a pathway of care. Even if we lived in an ideal world, there's not like a, right. okay, take this medication. A lot of people right. have messaged me, you know, you should be taking X, Y, and Z. But the the reality is, is they have come up with a combination of drugs Some of those might not be available in some countries and some of them still have a question mark about long term, whether they actually do much. So um, for me, it's about getting documentation of my body and um, I've managed to get myself onto uh, independent research for MRI. So I'll be asking scans. Nice. Yeah. um, That did not come off me sitting on my hands and being quiet. That came off of, you know, educating myself. Um, I have tried to work with doctors as much as possible, but I'd be a liar if I said that was a smooth process. You know, unfortunately you don't have one doctor that you stick with, um, at least in London, you know, if you're lucky when you get to speak to a doctor every time, it's a different medical person, uh, most of the time. Um, and if you're like me, you've had to move home because of your illness, like then you would have switched, you know, medical practice. So you're fighting all the time. You've got to make sure that when you call that doctor and you've only got 10 minutes to speak to them and you've had over 30 symptoms, that you have, you know, pre- preparation, a strategy. You know, if it was the ring, it'd be a strategy right? Um, where you're like, OK, this, this and this. I want to prioritize this. They say, you know, sometimes they want to listen to you. Sometimes they, they suggest, have you got a mental health issue? Sometimes it is a mental health issue, but sometimes it's also, you know, physical issues as well. So there's a lot, you know, what people say to me, do you think your stress is causing your symptoms? I say, no doubt, you know, stress is an inflammatory response in the body. Like, yeah, of course, some of this is stress. But also some of these things um, from talking and educating myself, uh, reaching out, to you know to different people i know that it's not unique to me it is no, unfortunately I mean, you know to do with covid so yeah i just it's you about, know my doctor friend yeah. that was
0: on was talking about you know the patient that was you know young healthy and now his lungs are jacked you know forever yeah, yeah. like the, he's not coming back from this situation so yeah i couldn't
1: that's I, right I, the thing is I, as well is they said is that for someone to, you know, it affects everyone. in so many different ways. Um, When I got it, it was thought of as a respiratory illness so that the lungs, you know, the primary things to get damaged. Now they know that multiple organs. Yeah. Yeah. The heart along with, you know, their sign potentially of kidneys, liver, brain damage. So, my the work that I make for Corona Diary is content for and from people sick from COVID-19 so when I was sick I was like where yeah I get it I might not be in a good way but where's the content from the perspective of okay shits hit the fan now what do I do so I'm kind of trying to create content where it's like okay we're sick you know when we, we need a plan b what's the plan B so right. like you know going into survivor mode and just being like okay so CBD oil has been massive for me like it's helped okay. me battle for insomnia like you know just small things like listening to music trying to get people to call you like tr- making sure you get up and walk around even if your body doesn't feel like it you know right. everything is specific to individual bodies but there are small ways that particularly people who are ill from chronic illness can give tips on how to, you know, um, diet nutrition. Those are big things that can help people who are ill from COVID. Um, for me, I'm on a low histamine diet. I know that has helped my gastric issues so that, you know, there are options, you know, it's not just a case of you either get it and your life's over, right? You know, there is an in between and, um I think that that needs to be included in the conversation. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: Wow, man. I'm so yo, this I'm I'm super happy to have you on. And this has been a really good conversation. I'm glad that I'm glad that I was able to have you on to, to shed some light. And I know there's people probably here in the US that are going through you know, very similar situations that aren't being heard. I haven't seen anything like what you're doing here. I'm not saying they, that it isn't around. Maybe just, I just haven't come across it. But um, I'm grateful for you, for having for what you do. And I'm glad to have you on. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thanks so yo, much. So going into quick. preacher mode there.
0: <laughs> real real quick. No, it's all good. Real quick. Um, tell me, you know, you had, uh, you had, I had zombie on this, in this fight. And you were Ooh. right. You're right. All yeah, right. I forgot. I cool.
1: forgot. Yeah, yeah, my man. Well, you know, Brian Ortega's a babe. So, like, I kind I knew, of. I was like, know. he probably thinks he's <laughs> a babe. Yeah.
0: yeah. Right.
1: But I remember. I remember. Um, okay, so he got schooled by Holloway. Um, I think kudos to Holloway for his, you know, Holloway's really was great at his striking and yeah. against Ortega. Um, I think that it's clear that Ortega's gone away and done his homework and he'd come back I mean that yeah. spinning elbow he looks fantastic looks fantastic, fantastic.
0: Yeah, Zombie yeah was like, i don't even know anything I don't remember anything after that, so yeah
1: he did yeah, it was good it, it, i think he he was mentally defeated after that, and then, for sure, yeah, Ortega did some really quite cool little like his striking game was like really great um yeah yeah, so
0: all right, good call you got you got that one, <laughs>
1: yeah. No, it's great
0: right, talking loved. to you. We're, we're going to do it again soon. Um, and we'll talk uh, whatever you want. We'll talk MMA. We'll talk Muay Thai. Yes. We'll talk whatever.
1: All right? Yeah. Okay. Sweet, sweet. Have a good Yo. one. Thanks so much. Moni Jackson, Corona
0: Diaries. Yo, go check it out on Instagram if you haven't yet. It is super important. Much love.
1: Okay. Much love. <laughs> Take All care. Right. Bye. Peace.
0: Yo, that was my conversation with Moni Jackson. Thanks for tuning into the show. If you like the show, make sure you hit the subscribe button, share button, like button, all that stuff. Uh, tell your friends about it. Um, we have some super guests coming up. I'm about to have my boy Gene Harding up. Coming up soon, we're going to talk about comedy and the martial arts. So again, if you dig this show, make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends about it. And I'm um, looking forward to uh seeing you guys at the gym. Catching you online. Drop me a comment. At uh, Lucky's Muay Thai, drop me a comment below. I love y'all. You know the deal. Peace. By the way, cause I had that UK guest on, I had my Stormzy on, you know what I mean? Had to get my Stormzy on. About the bossy bop. Alright, I love y'all. I'm out. Peace, y'all.